want people to understand the psychology of humans. Like I want them to understand the biology. I want them to understand that if somebody is getting defensive, it isn't because they're being difficult, but right. there is a, a biological reaction that's happening faster than that person realizes that's mm -hmm. causing it. So I love bringing in the science and the neuroscience for people to go like, to take a step back and go, oh, okay. I perceive them as being really difficult when really what's happening is they're having a stress reaction now. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner, and I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. I am so super excited to welcome our next guest on the Tribe of Leaders podcast today. Sarah Noel Wilson is on a mission to help leaders build and rebuild teams. Her goal is to empower leaders to understand and honor the beautiful complexity of the humans they serve, which I think is so cool and totally aligns with everything that I believe as well. And through her work as an executive coach and an in-demand keynote speaker, researcher, and soon-to-be author, Sarah helps leaders close the gap between what they intend to do and the actual impact that they make, which again, I love and it totally aligns with me because intending to do something and actually getting it done are two totally different things. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sammy. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your background. And we just met and had a super fun conversation before we decided to record the um, podcast today. And let's share with everybody just a little bit of your journey and what's worked and what's not worked and whatever else you want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much. You know, my journey started on the stage as a theater major, theater performance education, found myself <laughs> in insurance, discovered leadership through that world and started to realize the impact that those people in authority had and became really fascinated with that. Then that led me to exploring leadership development, getting my master's, and then other milestones that came was, you know, some experiences with some mental health challenges that shaped who I am and how I show up from that human perspective and has led me on this path of really thinking about and challenging how do we build companies that are actually built for humans I and mean, how do we lead in a more humane way instead of just for the bottom line. Right. Which I think is so important because when you're really looking at humans and the people that are working for you and team building in a sustainable, open way, it affects the bottom line far better and far more positively than if you're just looking at the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely been my experience directly working for organizations. I've had the opportunity to work for organizations that fall on the continuum. I've had a chance to support organizations. 
And, you know, the ones where people genuinely feel cared for, when they feel heard, when they feel like they're valued, yeah. guess what? They show up. They, I mean, if you show up for them, they'll show up for you. Right. And, um, and it's more of a, like the short term, you might be able to get results by just like focusing on the tasks, but like long term, you won't, you won't have the same kind of uh, healthy longevity. Yeah. And how are you able to help leaders kind of grow their awareness of this? I'm sure that depending on who you're working with, they have different perceptions or mm -hmm. thoughts on their leadership and what they're doing and what's working and what's not. Yeah. One of the places that I like to start when I'm working with somebody or a team is to understand what are some of their frustrations or what are things that are getting in the way that are meaningful to them and then helping them understand and unpack both for themselves, like what's important about that for them, getting more curious about themselves, but also helping them build that muscle of getting curious about other people. One of the things I will say that's an, an anchor in our work and that I'm just really passionate about is I, I want people to understand the psychology of humans. Like I want them to understand the biology. I want them to understand that if somebody is getting defensive, it isn't because they're being difficult, but right. there is a, a biological reaction that's happening faster than that person realizes that's mm -hmm. causing it. So I love bringing in the science and the neuroscience for people to go like, to take a step back and go, oh, okay. I perceive them as being really difficult when really what's happening is they're having a stress reaction now. Right. And now that I understand that, I can give a different kind of grace, but I also have better tools to navigate it. And that stress reaction can be something that that person said to them, but that really has nothing to do with what they're talking about or that person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. it can be something imagined. Right. And do you talk about too, or do you teach, because I know, and I think it's changing, but that like work and your personal life had to be totally separate, that, you know, work was work and it didn't matter what was happening with, you know, your kids or your loved ones or anything else and vice versa. How do you help people create, and I'm not going to call it balance because there is no balance, no, but create yeah. the flow so that people are reaching performance levels that are, are really high without the burnout and stress of feeling like they're not doing either job well. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's definitely a hangover from sort of like old school or original way companies were built was very, I mean, realize that companies were built based off of manufacturing based right. off of machines and what's efficient for machines. And while the culture was like, we remove emotions, we remove our personal, the reality is we never actually did that. We can't remove our emotions. We can't remove who we are. And it is really important for us to understand and honor the whole person because that reality is that shows up and that impacts work and it impacts how we show up. And I mean, that's really on display in a grand way right now going through the mm -hmm. pandemic is that we can't separate the two physically and right. we also emotionally can't. Right. I mean, particularly now is where we've got little ones that we're trying to homeschool and do our work. And even, I mean, for me, my kids are, you know, grown up, but I've got my dog who likes to zoom bomb everybody right. <laughs> and thinks that that's like, he should you know, be participating in, in video and in meetings and you know i'm like this is life like yeah it's so much easier for me to pick him up and hold him for two minutes and then he goes on his way he said hello and for those people who like dogs or pets they're like oh he's so cute and right right on but he likes to be part of the action and so much of that is leads to building deeper levels of trust Mm -hmm. You know, that when you see what's important to me and you honor what's important to me, and I do the same for you, that for many people will lead to a stronger personal connection, which again, if I trust you, I'm going to be more creative. I'll take more risks. I'll work right. harder for you. 
And I mean, some people have struggled with it. Now, and, and I think one of the things that's important is sometimes when you know you hear like transparency or, or vulnerability or like bringing your whole self to work, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to like open up my skeletons and, you know, tell you every yeah. secret, but it is, you know, my family's very important to me or my dogs are important to me or who, whatever the case might be. And when I work with somebody who sees that and understands that and, and gets curious about that with me, right? Like makes me feel appreciated and then want to do the same for them. Absolutely. And I think there's a level of just being authentic, like seeing the real person. And yeah, again, we don't need to share every skeleton or every up and down or whatever, but just having some realness, I think is what grows the trust and the connection too. So I'm curious about your experience building your business and kind of how you got from to where you are right now and what that has looked like for you. So, you know, it really, the, the seedlings of it started because I had somebody who I respected, a teacher who said, you really should think about speaking. You know, you have a lot to offer. You're really dynamic and you, you know, you think about things differently. And I thought, me, what do I know? Like, who do I? And as I started to, I was fortunate enough to work for an organization for about six years where we took a very different approach to development. And the focus really was our kind of our mantra, not kind mm -hmm. of, it was our mantra was develop the whole person and not just the role. And that's where I had the opportunity to really experiment and try different ways of thinking about professional development, leadership development, and saw the results. Yeah. And that's what got me interested in, well, how can I do this with more companies? Because this is, from my perspective, a much healthier culture than some of the previous cultures I'd been in. So like a lot of entrepreneurs built it on the side, you know, a couple right. of events, a couple of clients, the goal was to stay, you know, on the side for a while that started to grow. So because my husband, Nick is also self-employed, we needed to be strategic financially. So there were things we were putting in place so that we knew when the time came, we could do it, right? Like that's the thing sometimes people don't always see, like, no, we, we took care of our finances four or five years before I went on my own so that we could take that risk. And I officially started full-time February 1st, 2018. And we're just over two and a half years in and over that time have built up a team and is very much in the growing pains of moving to that next level. My, my team is in transition. So we're in a big transition right now as a company. Super cool. And is that your biggest challenge? Like what's been the most challenging thing in your journey of growing and how has that affected your leadership? I think that if there is two, two things that were challenges that surprised me and continue to, sh to show up, the first was early on, I brought a team on sooner than I was ready for them. And what I mean by that is like financially, I needed them, like I needed right. the help, but I didn't do enough to prepare them to be successful in their roles because I was still building it and I had never done this before. So it right. was sort of this like, we were creating it as we went, but that caused some stress for them. So that was like the first, I would say the first year and a half, that was one of the biggest challenges that I kind of didn't realize how big of a challenge it was until the team started to be really transparent about their struggles with it. And now I would say like the challenge that I'm facing is that, I mean, it's, and I spent a lot of time thinking about this and talking is just because, I mean, right now I am the work, right? I'm the one who's delivering it. Even though we've built out other consultants and coaches, balancing how much do I get to do the work versus how much am I like thinking about the work and organizing the company and, and thinking about all that. And, and the reality is, is that the business has grown beyond my business experience. And so I feel like I'm constantly being stretched. And, and then related to that, what happens for me anyway, is that I love doing the work. 
You know, I, I started this because I wanted to do the work. And when I spend so much more of my time on the business, that can burn me out. Right. So I have to balance that. That's the, that's the big challenge right now. And what do you do to mitigate the burnout? I feel like that's always evolving for me. You know, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, some of the things are like figuring out structurally, what do we need to scale back on? What are things we need to adjust about my schedule? So I'm not spending as much time as a team. We're always talking about where can they step in or what are things they can focus on? You know, one of the things that I'm very fortunate is my, my team is an incredible, I'm fortunate to work with an incredible group of people where we really support and are advocates for mental health. We're very like open and honest and open about what do we notice and see. And so they've gotten really good at helping me learn my cues of burnout before I get to them. And so like, we can kind of all see like, oh, Sarah's feeling a little frantic. Okay, like we need to start making some adjustments, whether that's adjustments to the schedule, whether that's having other people step in or me taking time off. But I, I feel like, and I don't know, I'm curious to get your thoughts. For me anyway, I feel like I'll figure it out for a little bit and then, then it rears its head again. And then I'll figure it out a little bit and right. it rears its head again. And, and sometimes you're like, why can't I figure this out? What's like, what's wrong with me that I can't figure it out? And then you realize, oh, it's like the situation has changed. It's just that that's, that's how I show up when I'm being pushed beyond, you know, my, like not my comfort zone, but my capacity zone. Right. And what's causing it is different. It's like, well, we have figured it out then. What we need to figure out now is different. And so that's been, a, that's been an aha for me over the last couple of months. I love what you said too, because essentially you're giving your team permission to call you out on where you're not performing. And it sounds like you're similar to me where like the burnout or I don't really like to use the word overwhelm, but like the overscheduling, over doing too much because you love what you're doing and, and you know, you're all in but you're the last one to know that you're in that spot. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful way to say it. Totally. My husband will see it. Oh, yeah. My kids will know. Yeah. My friends will be like, are you all right? Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're putting it, you know, you're putting in a lot of hours. Like I, you know, I kind of know what's going to hit this weekend. And yeah. And that, that's been really powerful for me to have people who can pause a little bit and push back and go, hey, let me take that you know, I can tell we're headed into a busy time or I can see, I can see where yeah. this is ahead. I think it's really empowering for your team because you're giving them a freedom to step in and help when, you know, you're kind of on autopilot. Yeah. You know, I've always loved my, a colleague of mine that I would teach with. We often would talk about just sometimes you just need a lead goose. And that's a phrase we use a lot with the team is, you know, if I'm feeling that or if they are, I mean, usually it's me, but like that they, that I'll just say, I just need a lead goose on this. And I just actually had a team meeting and we were talking about some different things that are shifting. And I was like, can you just be the lead goose on this? And they're like, yep. And we all know what that means. It's just like, I need to, or whoever needs to step back a little bit, regroup, recover, refocus, and then we'll be able to, you know, step back in when we're ready. Yeah. Well, and give somebody else the opportunity to kind of take the reins and do their job really well. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that like, I don't need to do all of it. Mm -hmm. And the more I grow and the more my team and I grow too, like I'm really aware of the things where I become the bottleneck. So I'm trying to, as I'm aware of them, be like, all right, well, we either need to bring somebody else in or you all need to, you know, use your expertise and, you know, we'll figure out who has the best skill set to take this over so that I'm out of the way. And it, and it can be little things too, like I don't like doing research or learning like how to use different things. So like send me a Loom video and tell me what I need to do, that I'm not holding everybody else up. 
Yeah, it's no. Yeah, I love that. And I and I think that like that image of the bottleneck is so effective because for some people, it may be because it's a control thing. For me, sometimes it's the I'm so like overly helpful and like, oh, well, I can just help with this. I or I can just, you know, jump in and do this or, oh, I know they have a lot on their plate, so I'll take it on. And yeah. that's something we've talked about. I'm like, I actually take away your agency because I'm like trying to, you know, come in and like remove your stress, which isn't a bad thing, but it doesn't right. give you the opportunity to say, no, I actually got it. I'm good. And you're just making it worse for yourself. But, but the other thing that's been an evolution as things have become more defined in the business model and, and roles and expectations. And as the business has shifted is where are those places where people can really own stuff and really own it. And so that's where we're really evolving to is just like, what are those places? And I want to give a shout out to my colleague, Teresa, because one of the things that she's really brought to the table is noticing the bottleneck and going, how do I get it to 80% for Sarah? Like, how can I, like, what can I do to just like, I, I might not be able to do it all because it does need her eyes on it, but if I can get it to 80% to make it easier for her, so it's not right. that, and that's been significant. Yeah. My team does that too. Like they'll get something started and then I can do whatever I need to with it. And that jumps me sometimes days ahead of everything else. Mm -hmm. So I love that. You had said to me, I think when we were talking that leadership for you is more about action. Talk about that. Yeah. So often when we talk about leaders, we think about people who are in positions of authority and power and have leverage. And while they may be called that, I mean, from my perspective, leadership isn't tied to a role. Now you could have somebody call the leader also be a leader, but let's face it, right. we all worked for leaders who we wouldn't, you know, say, yeah, that's a definition. It was a concept I was introduced to, I think it was uh, Ronald Heifetz, Marty Linsky and adaptive leadership. And they described leadership as a verb and I'm not an adjective. And I really love that. And that it's a, something some of us do some of the time and that it's the, you know, the act of, you know, define it how you want, but it's an act of, of leadership is speaking and standing with courage is right. Like seeking self-awareness is being willing right. to say, wow, what role did I a play in that and own it, being able to call out the elephant in the room, right? Like those little moments or asking the tough question or, you know, when your team members say, hey, I think you're getting a little crispy. That's an act of leadership. <laughs> you know, that's an act of leadership. Yeah. And, and I love reframing that for people because sometimes when you aren't in that formal position of authority, you can forget or not see that you can make really significant impact on a situation and show up in a way that feels powerful for you too. For me, and maybe you disagree, but for me, from a leadership perspective in that action piece too, and with your team, even if, and with clients, like everybody, everything moves very fluidly when everything's working so that it's almost like, I don't know, a blob, if you will, but, but it, everything's just flowing and fluidly moving together and all the pieces fit. And that's what's so cool is that while you may be the center point, everybody around you is playing their part in perfection. It's like almost like it's an orchestra would be better than, than the block. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And again, like, I think it, it's, you know, it's that like taking that ownership, knowing the role, right. And it's that, it is that dance, that orchestration that happens that when we're all showing up at our best, when we're all, you know, stepping into that, or at least recovering from it or letting mm -hmm. other people step into that role. It is this beautiful, yeah, movement that just happens and recognizing, you know, when that starts to get a little off kilter, go, okay, what do we need to do? Like this is to adjust it. Yeah. Thank you. I look in my head. It's very clear of the fluid mm -hmm. movement. 
movement, but maybe music making is more effective for other people too. What are some things that you do that keep like you performing and more from like a routine perspective mm -hmm. that keep you performing at a high level mm -hmm. and allow you to have that music and the orchestra playing perfectly? Things that I've been doing that have been consistent that I know that if I don't do them, Mm -hmm. will um, have a cost. One is I try to every night go for a long walk with my husband yeah. to just clear my head and especially now because we're not moving as much. And that's something that I've learned over the last year is just really important for me to have a sense of like, it's part of my ritual of completing the day. Even if I go, even if it's a pause, it's a moment of I can stop, I can connect with him. We can go out, we can like have physical activity. And so that's something that's really important. It's an interesting question, especially now, because how I would have answered it a year ago is very different than answering it now. So I know that I need at least, and this is hard with business owners because we're thinking about our business 24 seven. We right? wake up and, and our brain is halfway through a problem and you're like, ah, stop Last it. Night, I was like, you know, I shared, I did not get a lot of sleep because my dog was sick. Like I was grinding away at stuff, you know, as I'm helping her. And generally speaking, I'm, you know, I'm sleeping eight hours, but yeah, it's like 24 seven. Yeah. And so, and it's so, and, and when you love it and when you're excited about it, it's so easy to just do it all the time. And so one of the rules that I've, and this doesn't, this isn't where I want to be, but this is where I am now is I always have one full day a weekend where I'm not going to do any work if I can, unless it's like a really unique situation. So I try really hard to honor that. And for me, what I also know is if I'm having a lot of events, things like that, again, before when I was traveling a ton, it's a little bit different now, but always having time to connect with my team was important because when I would get disconnected, now we're connected all the time because I get to be a part of the events because they're virtual. I, I mean, that's still a work in progress for me. It's still, you know, figuring out what is, what are those things that I absolutely need? But I, I know things like at least getting a walk once a day, making sure that I get a day off. I can't stop the brain. Like that's still going to chew. Right. <laughs> but I can get out of my emails and give my eyes a break. The other thing I will say is that I just even having conversations like this, I, I've learned over the last month or so that, you know, with the shutdown, I've lost those like connections and those inspiring conversations. And so I'm trying to be much more intentional about scheduling that with people of just like thinking of new ideas and just being energized that's the extrovert in me, right? Is like, right. I, I recharge through connection. So do I, like, that's the one thing I'm really missing is going to a networking event or any event. And I mean, they're all like big parties to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then I do need like that quiet time as well, but I miss the vibe of speaking live or just connecting with people. Yeah, and running to somebody in the bathroom and like, you know, complimenting them. And then it opens up this conversation. You're like, did we just become best friends? Like, yep, we did. <laughs> yeah, like, right? I, I miss those moments. We will get there again. We will. No, we definitely will. But until okay. then, I'm going to create them, right? Like, yeah. that's my goal. Like, okay, I just need to be intentional about that now. Yeah, and I think that's one of the cool things is this time has given us, like, I've called friends I haven't talked to in forever. Been like, hey, oh my God, you know, it's great to connect with you and, and find out what's happening and, and being intentional about those connections and relationships and building them. Because sometimes they lead to new things, business or not, 
it doesn't really matter, but that you wouldn't have expected or thought about otherwise. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's something, I mean, it's always important, you know, as humans to think about how do we recharge, but as business owners during this time, because it's just such a different kind of challenging time. And depending on your industry and depending on how you were impacted, I mean, I've, I feel very fortunate. I have friends whose businesses have been totally decimated. That's a whole different ball game, right? right? All of us are navigating uncharted waters together. And so the recharge is even you know, more important. I feel like I set an intention about a month and a half ago to re-examine my relationship with rest because I yeah. realized what I was doing wasn't actually serving me. Right. That's huge, right? Like it's so easy to be like, oh no, I don't need to sleep. I can work on six mm-hmm. or five hours or whatever. And it's like, that's one of the key foundational pieces to performance and being well yeah right and and it's so easy to be like oh yeah i can do it i can stay up another hour just fine i can you know like i'll take a nap or whatever the case like well you know you don't catch up on it and so yeah i mean and and i think that we live in such a hustle culture right that like is it's like a competing commitment with what do we actually need to be our best is not necessarily to always hustle all the time Mm -hmm. And, and so I've, I've learned that even though I don't think of myself as like, oh, I got to hustle and I got to do this, it's deeply wired in my psyche that, you know, taking time off or prioritizing your sleep or whatever the case is might set you back instead of, to your point, realizing, no, that's actually the very thing you need to like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think like, I've got to work hard and I've got to work X amount of hours. And like, that's such an old school way of, of being. And I think we're slowly seeing that shift into, I actually want to feel good when I show up for whatever it is that I'm doing. So sleeping and eating well and nourishing yourself and having relationships that are positive and impacting you and supporting you in, in really good ways is all key to your success as the leader in your business. Yeah. I had a, I had a coach once and I didn't totally understand it at the time, but I appreciate it now. She said, you have to realize self-care is the work. It's part of the work. Like you have to think of it as part of your work instead of if I have time, if I can get to it on top of it, like, no, that actually, that needs to have as much value as analyzing your finances or you know, meeting with clients or whatever the case might be. And that, that was always, that stuck with me. Again, I'm not where I want to be with it, but I continue to make progress. And that's, I think, all that matters, mm-hmm. right? Because I think you need different things at different times too. And what worked for you last year doesn't work for you now because yeah. random things like COVID happen. Right. So I think it's being in the reflection point or a piece of, you know, all right, well, this is what I need right now and giving yourself permission to have that. Yeah. That's that like giving yourself permission is the piece I had to untangle. Cause like I said earlier, it was easy for me to go, well, why haven't I figured this out yet? And it was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'll figure it out now. And then I'll have to figure it out again. Cause right. it will change. Do you think like giving yourself permission is something that women have to work on more than men? Like do men take more time, realize they need to be more you know, doing other things or is it, is it both? My initial reaction is yes. Like my, like my gut was, but that was not research-based, just my observations. Right. Right? But then I think what we're giving ourselves permission to, it's different. So I think when it comes to permissions to experience emotional expression, that's not a problem for me, but that's right. a challenge for like my male friends, right? That it's right. hard for them to lean into that. But I think when it comes to that self-care and that prioritization, 
that is challenging. I mean, partly because we are conditioned as a culture that women were supposed to be nurturing, we're supposed to be caretakers, we're supposed mm-hmm. to, and sometimes it's so embedded, again, it's so deeply embedded, we don't even realize that it's so part of our operating system that we feel guilty almost, or, you know, and that's, that's actually part of my personal work too, has been just like really claiming and going, well, what do I really want? And what do I really need in this moment versus, oh, that's, that's easy enough. I'll, I'll sacrifice this because it's easy for me to take care of you. Okay. That like, no, it's okay that I want this and I can ask for that. Yeah. That's so cool. Do you think women are still trying to do it all? I don't think they're trying to do it all because I feel like they have to. I think some of that is they have to. I mean, like case in point, we know that even through this COVID time, as they've been doing research, that even if both parents are working, predominantly, not all in individual situations, but predominantly, the woman is the one taking on more hours of that emotional labor of the housework. We're also seeing it in terms of like the economic damage this is having to, I mean, the hundreds of thousands of women are leaving the workforce. Now, is that because it's a situation where their husband was like, you have to stay home? No, I don't think that. But we all have these biases. We all have these beliefs of the roles we're supposed to play. And so like, I think that some of it is we're being challenged to. Some of it may be like, we feel like we have to, you know, that we have to be the perfect. I'm not a mother, but I see it in my friends. Like I have to, and there's like a real cost to that. I mean, that's, that's, I I very much worry about this time and the impact that it's going to have on women in the workplace, because it's such a significantly different story than it is for our male counterparts. Yeah, I saw, I don't remember the exact number, but like we were setting ourselves back by like 10 years or so. And I'm really concerned too, I mean, not just from a career standpoint, but what are we going to be doing health-wise to ourselves if we're trying to juggle the kids and and household duties and relationships and work and everything else and not be able to go and and you know create the connection live with somebody yeah you know I know my sister's got a six and a half year old and he's I think going to school now but you know over the summer last spring he's a little guy trying to learn on zoom in kindergarten yeah yeah. and he doesn't sit still nor is he supposed to no yeah he's not supposed to (laughs) right well i mean we know that we're all being impacted right right now mentally or in ways that we can't even see yet the epidemic of ptsd that's going to come from this is significant but what research is showing at least self-reported but there's kind of like stories to that that women are reporting much higher levels of anxiety much lower higher levels of depression the the reason i say there's some of that doesn't necessarily paint the full picture is because is that because women are experiencing that at a higher rate or is it because women feel more comfortable speaking to that whereas right you know that there's also the bias and you know of mental health from a male perspective mm-hmm. but it, it is a i mean it's a it's a real concern. And especially for parents right now. I mean, that's the thing when I talk to leaders, like if you, yeah. you know, we're all struggling and everyone has their own unique story for sure, but parents are in a very different boat. Any words of wisdom for somebody who feels like they're struggling right now and, mm-hmm. and how they might be able to find some ease in the struggle? I think the first thing I would say, and this is because I hear this from so many people is you're not alone. I think a lot of people feel like, oh, everyone else has this figured out and, and why am I still tired? Why am I still exhausted? So I think the first thing is, you know, if you're listening to this struggling, like you aren't alone. I will tell you, you are not alone. I yeah. hear from people across the world, like who are struggling in the same way. And the other thing is to give permission to feel that, right? Like there's a, there's a difference of getting stuck in it 
than it is like, I'm just going to be okay that I'm fatigued tonight and mm -hmm. I'm going to pay attention to, do I get stuck in it or not? And right. take actions if I do. And then the third thing, if I can have three, really simple, a really simple way that psychologists have found we can build our resiliency right now is doing something familiar. And so that's why so many people are being drawn to like watching TV shows they've already watched, watching movies they've already watched, going back to books they love, right? Even like connect, connecting with people you already know. And part of the reason that recharges us is because right now our brain doesn't get to be on autopilot very often. And so it, it's almost like, think about what can you do to just give your brain a break from calculating, from thinking, from, you know, like anticipating, grieving, whatever it's experiencing. So you know, if you want to watch the, what was somebody, Frasier recently, somebody's like, we've watched Frasier twice all the way through. I'm like, great. Like that is a beautiful, beautiful way to recharge. We've gone through all of our eighties movies collections, my husband and I, it's like, you know, back to the future, one, two, and three, you know, we just went through all of them and to be unapologetic that like, that's actually a beautiful way to recharge. I'm going to admit that my son and I, my older son, and I just watched every season of Game of Thrones in a month. And you had seen it before. I had. I've seen it a couple times before. But did it get better the second time? <laughs> you notice a lot of little things. But sure. you hadn't seen it before. And at the end, like the last season, we were like, we need to just get this done so we can not watch TV anymore, too. Sure. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool because I knew what was going to happen to see him be so entangled with you know, different characters and liking them and not liking them and... and not loving the end. And yeah, it's like just stop before you. But you know, I mean, that's, I love that. I mean, that's such actually my in-laws are doing that right now. They're like, we're, we're going back through. We don't think we're going to do it again, but we're going back through and rewatching them. And I love just knowing that, like, that's where we're talking about the science. Like, I love knowing there's a reason we're soothed by that. Mm -hmm. And we can seek that out to soothe ourselves. Yeah. Like, yeah, tonight, I just want to watch an old cartoon that I used to watch when I was a kid. And it's funny you say that too, because I really don't watch a lot of TV in general, but when I'm tired and I'm not quite ready to go to sleep, but I'm past that I want to read or anything else place, that's what I do is I'll watch shows or parts of movies or whatever, just as that kind of brain on autopilot moment. And it's very chill and relaxing. Yeah. It's, a, it's just like a little gift. Like just give your brain a break. It, you know, before this, we would spend like half of our day on autopilot. Right. You know, like half of our day, our brain was just like going through the motions. Like that's where the creativity comes from is when you're not doing stuff. Yeah. Like we don't give ourselves any time, any thinking time to create anything or solve problems differently. We're just like, we gotta get it done. Gotta get it done. And we need that time to just do nothing. Yeah. You know, I appreciate you bringing that up. We had just had a, we were just talking quite a bit as a team of the, the re, like so many people are struggling taking time off right now because it's such a blur, right? If you're working from home, it's such a blur. Like, well, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? What, like, I can't travel anywhere necessarily. So I'm not going to make new memories or, you know, or at least that's the thought. And, you know, and so we, as we were talking about that, I mean, that made me think of it through the lens of like, again, it's sometimes it's when our brain settles that really powerful things can, can emerge. And, mm -hmm. and not only do we not let it, but also right now, it's like, we have to force it. You know, we have right. to like create even more space for that to happen because it is just running constantly. It is. Thank you so much. Can you share with everybody how they can reach out and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the best place would be to check out our website. So it's sarahnollwilson.com, Sarah with an H, 
N-O-L-L-W-I-L-S-O-N. Otherwise, definitely connect on social media. I'm very active on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm on all the platforms, but send a private message. I love connecting with people. To me, right. social media is about connection. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know who this person is, but we're going to bond over our, you know, sadness tonight. And so certainly feel free to, to reach out and connect with us directly. Yeah, absolutely. And same, like, I love when people message me and I'm like, hey, I heard you on blah, 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 or I've seen your profile or whatever. And it's so much fun to meet new people in different places and, yeah. and new ideas. So definitely reach out to Sarah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Final thoughts, a quote, something like your favorite quote or oh, my favorite quote. Yeah. I don't know that I have just one. I'll tell you what is like my mantra right now. And the goal is progress. Like, oh my God, I love that. In some situations we won't, but it's just like, remember, like the goal is like progress and progress could be insight, could be learnings, could mm -hmm. be habits, could be whatever. That's my, that's my latest anchoring thought. Such, such a good reminder. Awesome. You. This is such yeah. a treat. And thank you for all that you do for business owners. This is can be a lonely, scary road. Well, and to circle back, like entrepreneurship and just being in business in general, particularly as a leader, you can feel very alone. And the reminder is that you're not. Like we're all experiencing the same thing, maybe differently, but you know, we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 